In the 1960s, a relatively small number of radicals helped initiate what we now call the American Cultural and Sexual Revolution. Now, while many feared from the start that this revolution would be a threat to families and to our nation's civility, by 1973, new federal laws had been made that would actually help affirm those fears. One of those new laws was the legislation on abortion, the case that we now know as Roe v. Wade. Since 1973, well over 50 million innocent unborn babies have been legally murdered in our country. As parents, we want our posterity to flourish. So what are we doing for our kids and their posterity to give them an informed perspective on abortion? Are we sure where they even stand on these issues? And are we training them to be bold warriors for life? Preserving life for our posterity's sake. That's today on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to Licensed to Parent, a program all about facing the tough issues that our teens are facing these days and guiding them through the swamp of information, as we call it, both true and false, to the place where they can filter out the bad and come up with a clear glass of truth to drink, all from the perspective of a biblical worldview. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis and their families. And we're just taking what we learn inside the gates here and trying to bring it out to you so you can be a more informed parent and a more intentional parent, and we hope one that will not need residential care for your kids. Our host, as always, is Trace Embry, the founding director of Shepherd's Hill, and I'm Rich Rosel. And uh, Trace, today's subject has not only been a political hot button for decades, but it's also been an in-house debate within the church of all places. Why, why do you think that is? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to ask our, our guests that question. But in, <laughs> in my humble opinion, I think it goes back to the fact that the, the mind can always justify what the heart has already accepted. That's good, yeah. In other words, human beings, including Christians, have an uncanny way of doing what we want to do when we want to do it. And now that the government is capitulating to virtually all of mankind's vices with all the new laws passed in recent times, we're now allowed to live in a society that's full of sinful options with very little moral accountability anymore. Mm-hmm. We, we live by our own rules. Basically, we've become our own gods. We enjoy and have grown accustomed to all the safety nets that postmodern thinkers and modern science have put in place for us. I and mean, there's no more, you know, if you want to dance, you have to pay the band attitude toward responsibility these days. Uh, we have a way out of pretty much all of our derelict and sinful actions. We can dance without paying the band. Okay, uh, go a little deeper with that. What do you mean, and uh, can you give us an example of how this works? Yeah, I mean, you want to eat too much, you have pills you can take to mitigate your acid reflux or indigestion. I mean, hmm. you want to drink too much, there's a pill you can take to avoid a hangover. You want to have sex without, you know, lasting disease? There's medications to heal you. You want to have illicit sex without getting pregnant? Just wear a condom or, or pop a pill. Oops, get pregnant anyway? Uh, and we know that never happens. Well, there's a morning after pill you can take. Oh, whoops, didn't take the morning after pill? Well, now you don't necessarily have to get married. The government, since 1973, says you can eliminate the problem with a trip to Planned Parenthood. Basically, this is taking all accountability out of exactly, the picture. Exactly, right. But, but the problem with all these so-called solutions is that none of them actually solve or even address the root problem. They're just allowing us to perpetuate uh, symptomatic problems of the real problem until they morph and explode into a giant future crisis. Okay, let, let's say that again real quick. We're not dealing with the real problem. We're just treating the symptoms, basically. 
Pretty much, exactly. Yeah. Because things like indigestion, hangovers, disease, and unwanted pregnancies are very often the mere symptomatic problems of a much deeper issue or issues that too often go unaddressed. I mean, how do we know that indigestion isn't God's continual call to avoid obesity, diabetes, or colon cancer uh, that all lead to an early death, right? How do we know that uh, hangovers aren't God's continual call to avoid a potential DUI arrest, a lawsuit, or maybe even a traffic fatality? How do we know that all the guilt, shame, regret, and disease from illicit sexual encounters with Tom, Dick, or Harry, or Pam, Vic, or Mary aren't God's continual call to avoid unwanted pregnancy and a call to, for chastity before marriage? How do we know that God isn't trying to keep us from being faced with the temptation to murder our own divine gift of creation, a, a human life from our own DNA, no less? God has our long-term interests in mind. And, and, and not just our, our own individual uh, interests either, but us as entire societies. We're not living on an island by ourselves. I, I don't have time to go into all the, the legal, social, relational, emotional, psychological, moral, and spiritual issues involved in the taking of innocent life. But that's my quick take on it. And by the, and by the way, uh, these ideas didn't come from me. They came from what I gathered from God's Word. And we need desperately to teach our things to, these, mm. to our kids. We certainly do, and we've uh, brought in somebody who is perhaps the best equipped to help with that. Let me introduce today's guest on Licensed to Parent. Abby Johnson worked at Planned Parenthood in Bryan, Texas for eight years. Uh, she escorted women into the clinic from their cars to prevent them from being heckled by protesters. She did a lot of other volunteer work there and eventually progressed to the point where she was promoted to the position of health center director. Now, in 2009, the last year of her employment, Abby said that many things began to disturb her, including having to watch a 13-week-old child in the womb struggle for his life during an abortion procedure. And we'll be talking about that with her in just a moment. That led to her resignation just a week later. And that, in and of itself, was not a lovely parting. She can tell you more about that as well. In 2012, Abby Johnson started the ministry, and then there were none. Its purpose, to help others like her who wanted to leave the industry but felt alone and, well, didn't know how to get out. The organization helps former abortion workers know that there is forgiveness, mercy, and redemption through the amazing power of Christ and his love. Johnson is the author of two books that we wanted to talk about today. Uh, the main one, though, is Unplanned, which was released in 2011. That details her work at Planned Parenthood and her conversion to abortion opposition. That book, by the way, is the basis for a just-released film, Unplanned. Uh, in 2016, she also wrote The Walls Are Talking, Former abortion clinic workers tell their stories, and as the title indicates, that's a book that recounts stories of other former abortion workers that have come through her ministry. By the way, Abby Johnson still lives in Texas with her husband, Doug, and their four children. Abby, welcome to License to Parent. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. Hey, Abby, your book and film by the same name is called Unplanned. Uh, in the interest of time, I want to say the details of your story to encourage people to go see the film. But I, but I think it's important for those who aren't familiar with you or your story to know that uh, you were an award-winning leader in the, in the Planned Parenthood organization, uh, making good money, uh, had a career ahead of you, and you left it all to become a champion for the pro-life movement. What exactly prompted such a radical 180-degree turn? Yeah, um, I had been there for eight years. Uh, like you said, I was a clinic director there. Um, ended up leaving in October of 2009 after witnessing a live ultrasound-guided abortion procedure. 
and seeing a 13-week-old unborn child fight and struggle for his life Mm -hmm. against the abortion instruments on the ultrasound Mm -hmm. screen. And I knew then that there was life in the womb, there was humanity in the womb, and if those two things were true, then I knew that I was on the wrong side of this debate. So I ended up leaving uh, my job at Planned Parenthood and really started speaking out, sharing my story, exposing what's taking place inside of these clinics, um, but also really trying to help facilitate healing for those who have been touched by abortion. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's 61 million recorded abortions since the legalization uh, in 1973. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's over 120 million people, both right. mothers and fathers, who have been wounded by abortion. Yeah, what could and, that have done to the economy yeah, we today? Need to, yeah, I mean, we need to reach their hearts as well. Mm-hmm. And ju- just to be clear, because uh, people might hear this and say, well, wow, she worked at Planned Parenthood for all those years. You know, why did it take her that long? You were not normally in a position where you were inside the room where they were doing the abortion, right? You were normally escorting people in. Well, I was a clinic director, so I'm, I mean, I'm not medical staff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was dealing with budgets and money and personnel and hiring and firing, you know, the clinic flow, day-to-day right. sort of things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't... <laughs> I don't presume to know why uh, God times things the way that he does, but I do believe that I was really primed that year um, by God to open my heart, to, to really see the truth of what was going on, so that my heart would be open and ready to, um, to really walk away when I saw that abortion in yeah. October. So was it the ultrasound that was really the, uh, uh, the thing that closed the deal for you? Yeah, I mean, it was seeing this baby fight and struggle for his life. Mm. And, you know, people had said to me, you know, well, um, what did you think was going on in there? You know, and yeah. I thought, well, I can't, you know, I, I don't know. But I guess I just, I never thought about the baby. You're trained not to think about the child. Mm -hmm. You're only trained to think about the mother and her rights. Yeah, you might even have a more of a compassion on on people like, you know, the 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 Nazis who were doing things that they were trained to do uh, as a result of something like this. I mean, these were normal people coming out of normal jobs that they go into uh, uh, this particular occupation. And uh, presto, they're they're doing some things they never thought themselves uh, possible that they could they could do. Um, I was told that the movie got an R rating. Is 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 that um, uh, is that true? Yeah, that is true. Um, we were pretty pretty surprised. Yeah. Um, that it got an R rating. Is the fix I mean, in there? I see what's out there on cable TV today. I see uh, what's in you know PG thirteen films and. Uh, <laughs> I, I can I can say for sure that what's out there on cable TV is far worse than anything you'll see uh, in this movie. I do think that there was a uh, definitely an agenda there, yeah, you know, say, a political agenda. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, just to you know, I don't think the irony is lost on any of us yeah. that a fifteen-year-old girl can't go see 
a film about abortion without her parents' consent, yet she can go into an abortion clinic and have an abortion mm-hmm. without her parents' consent. Well, um, for all my uh, our pharisaical friends out there, uh, get past the R rating and go take your teenagers to see this movie. I, I think that's really important. Uh, but Abby, so many people see abortion as a loving and compassionate thing to allow and to do. What are what are we missing that people like you and I uh, see it differently? Well, I think that most people. I think you're right. I think most people do believe. I think there is a misguided compassion there. That's what drove me to work there for eight years. But I, I think that we're we're missing a key piece of the puzzle if we aren't looking at the compassion that should be granted to also the unborn child. Uh And to disconnect a mother from her child through the process of killing is not compassionate. Um, It's really the antithesis of what compassion truly is. Right. Uh, Abby, I would call abortion a miscarriage of justice, pardon the pun. Um, is the crux of the abortion debate really about whether the child in the womb is a real human being or not? Isn't that kind of where the fork in the road is? Well, I think that that used to be the case for sure. But I think now with the medical advancements that we've made with uh, medical technology that's out there now, um, the advancements that we have in science, it's pretty uh, undeniable. It is undeniable. But they do deny it, though. They do. Uh, some do. But mm-hmm. I find that more and more people are, uh, which this is actually sadder, but I find that more and more people are willing to say, no, no, I, I know it's human. Mm-hmm. I know it's a baby. I know there's a heartbeat. I, mm-hmm. I know all of that. But I'm still okay to kill it. Well, that's just um, weeding out the evil from the naive. I think yeah, I, I think yeah. we're I think we're seeing the evil come to the surface, and the na- the naive starting to see. Well, you know what? Th- these are real human beings. How do we have that conversation with our kids? And at what age should we be talking about this with our kids? I think as early as possible. I mean, my mm-hmm. daughter was going out to abortion clinics to pray with me when she was four years old. And, you know, she would ask me, you know, Mommy, what are we doing here? And I would bring her a little coloring books and things. And we may only stay 30 minutes. But it was just a very simplistic answer for a four-year-old. You know, we're out here just to pray for mommies and the babies and their tummy. You know, it's not like I'm like, well, we're out here because they're aborting babies and they're killing babies. You know, yeah, you have right. to make it age appropriate. Yeah. But it's always been a conversation that we've had in our home. Um, my daughter is now 12. She's like the best pro-life advocate. I could I, yeah. I would put her up against any pro-choice or any day because she's grown up hearing this because it's not like a one-time conversation that we sure. had with her. Exactly. And then, you know, it made it all awkward, and then we don't talk about it again. We were performing abortions on girls as young as 10 and 11 years old. Mm. So <clears throat> what I hear a lot of times from families is, well, we just want to keep them protected as long as possible. You are not doing your children any favors by not talking to them about these sorts of issues because they are going to hear about it. That's right. And they will probably hear about it from sources that you would not want them hearing about Mm -hmm. it from. Yeah. And so if you're not directing the conversation, somebody else will Mm. be. 
And so we need to be having these ongoing dialogue and, and conversation with our children early. Amen. Amen. It's one thing for, for the garden variety unbeliever to be pro-choice, but how are Christians justifying a pro-choice stance? I think, again, it's that misguided compassion that, uh-huh. well, if we aren't helping the women now, then, you know, the baby's going to grow up abused and unwanted uh-huh. and put in a dumpster. And so they almost see it as like an act of mercy. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, um, I've heard it, too. Um, if if uh, abortion is illegal, then you'll be having these, you know, backstreet abortions that are, you know, sure. more dangerous and, and you've got more death and, and more injury and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I want to stick with the compassion thing for a little bit because I believe in, in reading some of your story, it was the compassion and the wanting to help women that drew you into working for Planned Parenthood initially or doing some volunteer work there. If I may, though, let us let me turn to your own personal life because back early in your story, you actually had an abortion yourself, didn't you? I did, yeah. I've had two. Um, I've had two abortions. The first abortion that I had, I was in college and uh, found that I was pregnant from my boyfriend. I did not want to tell my parents. I mean, I was raised in church. My dad was a deacon. Sure. Uh, and I thought, oh my gosh, my parents cannot know that I'm, you know, having sex. They can't know that, you know, I, I haven't followed their plan um, for my life. And I just, I didn't want them to, I didn't want to bring embarrassment Mm -hmm. to them. And that was not on them. I mean, it was on me, but I, it was this idea that my parents would be so disappointed. I did not want to disappoint my parents. And I, and I hear that from a lot of girls that volunteer in pregnancy centers and, um, and just talk to a lot of, you know, young women who are pregnant and they'll say, I just don't want my parents to be disappointed. And I, I always tell them what I what I wish somebody would have said to me is, you know, your parents know, every, every parent knows that their child is never going to fall in line 100% with the plan that their parent has for them in their life. That's, right. mm-hmm. We're all sinners. We all mess up at all. Your parents mess up. Every, everybody does. Right. But are your parents going to be more disappointed to find out that, all right, you messed up, you didn't do what they told you to do, and now you're pregnant, or are they going to be more disappointed to know that you took the life of their grandchild without even giving them an opportunity to advocate for that child? And if somebody would have told me that, if somebody would have asked me that question, I would have known the answer. I would have said, absolutely, my parents will want the opportunity um, to love me, to love this baby, and for us to make a decision as a family. Yeah. yeah, and parents listen to that because this also goes back to reinforcing the idea these conversations need to happen when your sons and daughters are young. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I was, I was going to say, you know, this goes back to teaching your kids at a young age, you know, the idea of responsibility, owning up to responsibility, and that there are consequences for actions. We can choose to do what we want to do. What we can't choose are the consequences of doing what we want to do. And uh, so, I mean, the real choice was really nine months before the, the delivery date, right? Mm-hmm. 
But the real mm-hmm. second choice is what to do once you find that I've messed up and this has happened. And but I two wish, wrongs don't make a right. I mean, that's, exactly. And I so wish that there was more conversation about adoption going on. Right. Well, the other thing, too, is the, is the perversion of terms. We've, re- we've redefined so many terms, and one of them has been compassion. And I don't know if it was A.W. Tozer mm-hmm. or who it was that said, you can have so much compassion upon man as to be in high-handed rebellion toward God. And I think we use a demonic mm-hmm. definition of compassion sometimes, and uh, I think that gets us in a very bad place long-term. But uh, anyway, I, and I just don't understand how, com- how Christians can be divided on this, on this deal. Well, I need to jump in real quick because we need to take a quick break. We're talking today with Abby Johnson. She's a former health center director for Planned Parenthood in Bryan, Texas, now a consistent life advocate and founder of the ministry, and then there were none. Her book that we've been discussing is called Unplanned. It's just been released as a major motion picture, and uh, we will be back with more conversation in just a moment. Again, Abby Johnson, our guest, and you're listening to Licensed to Parent. In the training of our children, what role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen Rebellion, Depression, Addiction, Rage, Cutting, and Suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. This is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. If you want to listen to this program again or listen to any of our past conversations, you'll find them on our site, licensedtoparent.org. And again, today we're talking with Abby Johnson, a former health center director for Planned Parenthood in Bryant, Texas, also the author of the book Unplanned, which is now a major motion picture. We'll find out a little bit more about that at the end. Trace? Abby, uh, pro-choice advocates uh, are always talking about women's right to choose uh, what she wants to do with her own body. But uh, 
uh, it isn't her body that's intended to be ripped apart until death. How should parents teach their kids to counter that argument uh, that a fetus uh, isn't a human being to their kids? Yeah, I always tell people that that argument would make sense if a woman was aborting herself, but she's not. <laughs> she's aborting an individual human being with unique and unrepeatable DNA. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. One of the things that I've I've often told parents, particularly homeschool parents, um, is that you can um, sort of spiritually adopt a baby. So you as a family can say, okay, we're going to adopt a baby that we're just, you know, God knows who it is, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to pray for this baby every day. And at every monthly milestone, I'm going to teach my child what is happening, not only in the woman's body, but what's happening to this baby. Yeah, that's good. And you pray for that baby for nine months, and you teach your children fetal development through that nine-month period. And it just helps give them sort of a understanding of what that, and it's exciting for them, Mm -hmm. right? You can show them ultrasound pictures. This is what the ultrasound looks like of a baby, you know, at this this many weeks gestation. So that's one really easy thing that parents can do, just to sort of instill that that value of the unborn child. Well, at Shepherd's Hill Academy here, uh, we do play for kids what goes on in the in these abortion clinics, they get they get to see these things, and and the pro choice kids that see this become instant pro lifers. Am I abusing these kids by showing them these type of uh, videos? No, I mean I think if they you feel like they're emotionally ready to see something like that, mm-hmm. then I think it's appropriate. I think that they also should be having dialogue about these sorts of things with their parents. And, you know, because once kids learn the truth, they can actually teach their parents a lot um, about these sorts of issues. So I think bringing parents into the equation anytime we're talking about controversial issues is an important piece. Absolutely. As as we're recording this, uh, there are legislators all across the country who are arguing about um, putting more restrictions on abortion, which I think we may like. But there's also the argument that she can't legislate morality. Um, do you think Roe versus Wade, for example, should be overturned? Would that help things at all? Yeah, I do. I think so. I think it's twofold. I think that we have to work to make abortion illegal, but I also think even more than that is that we have to work to make abortion unthinkable. So I, you know, just like when we look at the Jewish Holocaust, just when we look at slavery, we look back at those whites in our history and we say. I can't believe that we allowed that to happen. I can't believe that took place under our watch. That's really what we're going for here with abortion, is to truly make it unthinkable. But that's going to take a change in our culture. And sometimes a change in our culture demands a change in our laws. Yep. Abby, unfortunately, your time is up today, as is ours, but we'd love to have you back. We're talking today with Abby Johnson a former health center director for Planned Parenthood in Bryan, Texas, but now a consistent life advocate, founder of the ministry, and then there were none, and author of the book, now a major motion picture, Unplanned. Uh, You can find out more about Abby on her website, abbyjohnson.org. That's A-B-B-Y, abbyjohnson.org. You can uh, see more about the film Unplanned at unplannedfilm.com. And Abby, that's in... 
a lot of areas, but not everywhere. So if people want to get on board and help promote it, uh, is the uh, unplannedfilm.com the best website to go to for that? Yes, it is. Yep. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate you you being part of Licensed to Parent. All right. Thank you, guys. And this is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. There you will also find past programs that might be of interest. You'll find Trace's blog, and you'll find links to the residential program we run, Shepherds Hill Academy. That's all at licensedtoparent.org. Our technical producer on the program is Carl Peets. Our guest coordinator is Daniel Fazina. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.